Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. It is a, a new year, and I, do people still make resolutions? I don't know, because nobody ever seems to keep them. But if you're in that mode, one thing we do in the new year even if we don't call it a resolution, is we generally take stock. We look at ourselves and look at the previous year and look ahead to the new year and decide, what am I going to do differently? What, you know, what am I enjoying? Those kinds of things. We have a great new year topic for you today, I can tell you. And uh, uh, it's a longtime uh, uh, friend of mine and a friend of the the program, a frequent guest, although not in a while, um, but uh, she has a new book out, and uh, you're going to enjoy hearing about this one. It is Lori Duquin, and her new book is God Listens, Personal Stories of Answered Prayers. Lori, welcome back. It's great to be back, Greg. It's nice to have you down here. I'm glad you have a you have a book out. Uh, let, now let me back up just a, a little bit. So I haven't had you on to talk about a book in probably six, eight, ten years, maybe. Um, so uh, what have you been doing in the meantime? Uh, I still do a lot of writing. I've been doing a lot of uh, pamphlets for our Sunday visitor for parishes, and um, I still write a lot of articles. Uh, I think my last book was about people who had come back to the church. Yeah. And I yeah, I think you're right. It was it was almost ten years ago. It was probably eight years ago. Yeah, it's a while ago. Yeah, it's a while it was a while ago. ago. Um, now that you brought up one thing that I was just going to uh, um, highlight it's that we're going to spend a lot of time talking about it, but it's interesting how that particular idea took off because now there's a whole movement of television commercials and all this kind of thing about come home, right. you know, come back to the church. Yet when you wrote the book, when you came up with the idea, the idea was presented to you. I mean, nobody was thinking that way. Right, right, right. People there, – there were, there were a few things here yeah. and there, um, yeah. but not to the extent that it is – that it is now. But yes, and I think that people – are interested in spirituality and in uh, reconnecting, you know, especially people – if people have been away, you know, um, they're, they're looking for that spiritual connection. What, who was it? St. Augustine who said there's a empty spot inside of us that only God can fill. And I think people are looking for that. And maybe in the new year, that will be a resolution for some people, how to fill the empty spot. Well, your book is a, is a good – Start um, now. Um, for me, of course, again, knowing some of the you know, having been familiar with you and 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 some of your work, the title's a little deceptive. It is stories of prayer, but one of the great things for me about the book is it is an excellent primer on prayer because you hear people's stories and how they prayed for something or um, sometimes – and we'll get into some of the stories – sometimes maybe didn't even pray like you and I would think about pray. They just kind of threw their hands up and whatever else and stuff started happening for them. <laughs> so I mean there's all kinds of great stories in the book. But, but kind of how you took that 
and and said, yeah, so as, you know, a, a church or, or in spiritual circles, here's what we call that. Or here, you know, here, here in the Bible, here's some instances of that same thing happening. So give us an idea, for, you know, where'd the book come from? How did you kind of come up with the whole thing? Well, the book was really not my idea. Um, the book was my editor's idea. And I had – it happened um, – in March of 2016, I accidentally fell. And during that fall, I uh, really did a lot of damage um, to my hip and um, my pelvis. I had to have major surgery and I was going to be non-weight-bearing really for three months. Um, and then I was going to have to start to walk again. Shortly after this happened um, – my editor called and said, we want you to do a book about answered prayer. And I was like, Bert, <laughs> I, can't, I can't do a book right now. I am, you know, I'm recuperating. He said, oh, I think it would be a good project for you. I think you should pray about it. I said, Bert, where am I going to get stories? He said, if God wants this prayer to happen, you'll get stories. So I thought, oh, no, you know. So... I sent out a few emails. I sent an email to you, Greg. You did, as a matter of fact, <laughs> right? Right. Um, and I sent out a few emails to people who I thought might have an idea about it. And I and I kind of in that email said, "This is what they want." I'm not sure that it's even going to be possible. Do you know anybody who might have a story? Well, I sent emails out. They, people referred emails, forwarded emails to other people and the next thing I know, I started getting stories coming in from all over the country. I, I was absolutely dumbfounded and I thought, well, this must be a sign, you know, that, that this is meant to be, the Holy Spirit's moving this. Um, I'm going to go with it. And so – I told Bert yes, and that's when um, you know that's when I spent. That's how I spent my not my summer vacation, but my recuperation. <laughs> yeah, your forced summer <laughs> vacation. Um, the, Lori Duquin is our is our guest. Her new book is God Listens: Personal Stories of Answered Prayers. You know, I think I told you before we started that uh, um, I kind of got wrapped up in the book and didn't use do my normal uh, uh, other research like. Where can you find the book? Uh, you want to tell us people where you can find the book and we'll try to remind people as the show goes on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the easiest way to get this book is off Amazon.com um, or BarnesandNoble.com or you can go to the publisher's website, which is uh, OSV.com uh, and that stands for Our Sunday Visitor. Right. And if they go to OSV.com, they'll find all kinds of other stuff that you've worked on. So that's a plus. You know, yeah. they won't on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, et cetera. So, yeah. um, and I know it'll be carried at, uh, at some of our local stores as well. So yeah, you'll, yeah. You it should. just came yes. out. So yeah. this is this is hot off the press. Yes. Uh, so you had this idea. You had this um, time, basically, kind of you know to. To work on the book. Now, when you sent me that email you referred to, I remember one of my first thoughts being, um, well, that sounds like a nice 
project. That should be good. Yeah, collect some stories from people and put a put a book together. That should be a nice bet right up her alley. And it's kind of light. <laughs> it will be an easy project for or whatever else. Then your publisher sent me the book and I'm going through the book and I'm going, man, she put a lot of work into this book. It's not just light st- – I mean you have a lot of um, reference – references and reference material in the book, which which is we've already kind of talked about, yeah. is extremely um, uh, helpful to people I think. Well, I, you know, I think – as I was as I was reading these stories, there were there were some aspects of prayer that I wasn't even familiar with, and so I realized that with with some of these things, I had to put what we call a sidebar, and it's just usually a box um, yeah. with an explanation about some of this stuff. But I started thinking, well, what if a somebody who is a teenager, somebody who's a young adult, reads this? They might not know. What speaking in tongues is is part of the charismatic renewal, or they might not know the significance of Saint Monica. You know, in terms of people praying for family members who are not um, connected with God. At, you know, at this particular time. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking even about you know, um, we all know somebody right goes to the church every Sunday. But they don't get involved. They've never been on a retreat. They've never been on a parish council. They've never – they go to church on Sunday and that's their faith. Right. Maybe they help with a dinner or something, you know, or a fundraiser at the parish or whatever. That's another whole group of people that might not be familiar with how broad the Catholic Church and its spirituality is. is. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, re- you mentioned retreats, novenas. I thought, you know, there were there were people in there who were doing novenas and I thought, you know – this that's a lost art in many ways. I mean, not, they still go on, but yeah, it's a, that's they might not even know what a novena yeah. is. And then there's a whole section, um, a whole chapter called Objects of Faith, which really deals with sacramentals. Um, people using holy water to bless little kids at night or sprinkle holy water around sure. the room to get rid of bad dreams. And where did that come from? You know, yeah. um, people. Planting Saint Joseph statues. The Saint Joseph story. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it, it, you know, but there's there's a there's a root for that. It actually started with Teresa of Avila, who had her uh, sisters plant a Saint Joseph medal when they wanted to buy another property or something like that. And then you know we, we sold our house. We didn't even have time to plant the Saint Joseph statue. <laughs> we were lucky, so that's yeah. yeah. But the key to that in any kind of sacramental, it's not the object itself; it's praying with the object. You know that the object sort of helps us. You know because we're very tactile people. We you know we need physical things. One of the ones that I loved was. Um, Father Rob Wozniak's story about icons and going to the Holy Land and praying um, with icons. And and I thought, you know, there's a lot of people out there that probably don't know. I mean, they think icon and they think a little thing on their computer screen. Sure. Um, sure. As opposed to – Or at the very most like a, a nice picture, a, a nice, nice holy picture. Right, right. And so, uh, you know, I did, I did a, a little explanation about icons with Father Rob's story. We've done whole shows about that. In fact, my friend Father Joseph Bertha, who's no longer in this area, you know, he's yeah. he's Father Icon. I right. mean, he, you know, but the whole notion of, which is unique to Catholic 
spirituality and some other certain denominations, but really yeah. Catholic and, and some Eastern spirituality where um, an icon is not just a – it's not just a painting. An icon says something and points you towards a certain story, spirituality, prayer – Whatever you want to, right. um, but you know the, the the term they use for icons, of course, is written. It, yes. it, it's not painted, painted; it's written. Yeah, because it's like the word; it tells you something and gives you something, uh, presumably, right, to fulfill whatever need that is. Yeah, you know. So I mean, it just the um, that, and that's one of the things that again attracted me about the book because I. Uh, you know, I I wouldn't say I'm you know I've heard it all or I or the other go the other way I'm jaded or whatever else. I I've heard a lot of stories like are in your book. In fact, I I was reading some of the stories and I go, yep, I know somebody that had that same thing happen uh-huh. to them. You know, kind of thing. There was a lot of that for me, so it was, it was kind of neat. But the attractive part was here is here's a little bit of maybe why that happened the way it did or here is how you can connect your faith to this event and and as I said before, I think kind of a little primer almost on prayer and spirituality. Yeah, yeah. I mean there were things like – I have a whole chapter just on the Holy Spirit and charismatic prayer. Um, I think that was was huge for me. There's a lot of sidebars in that chapter because learning how to listen to the Holy Spirit is not something that comes naturally when people think of prayer. People think of prayer in terms of what they're going to say to God, not in terms always in terms of what God is saying to them. And then in in the charismatic movement, you have healing services and you have uh, speaking in tongues and you have a lot of different um, sort of types of, of of prayer forms, prayer groups and, and things like that that I felt like I had to explain a little bit in some of these stories. But the stories themselves are great. Yeah, they, I mean oh they are, right. Gosh. That's what I – you know. Yeah. I'm Greg Prince. Thanks for joining us this week on Western New York Catholic Weekly, one of our old friends back in the studio uh, today, Lori Duquin, whose new book, God Listens, Personal Stories of Answered Prayers, just came out. You can find it on any of the booksellers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, if you look there. Her publisher is our Sunday visitor, so osv.com, and uh, it'll be in some local bookstores as well if you if you look. So, uh, um, you know, like if you happen to be down here at our Catholic Center, you know, pop into the bookstore, see if they have a copy there at the Catholic Union store. Um, it, it is a book primarily of stories. Did you have any you, you mentioned Father Rob Wozniak already. Mm-hmm. Did you have any favorites? I had a lot of favorites. And you know, Greg, one of the things that absolutely amazed me is when I first started doing this, you know, when I first sent the email out, my fear was that I was going to get all these people who would say, well, I prayed, I was sick and I prayed and, and God cured me and that I was going to get all the same stuff. What absolutely astounded me was the variety of stories that I got. Um, 
I do have favorites. I mean, but but in terms of variety, the Elizabeth Fenn, who is from Wellsville, sent me a story about how she was driving back from the Adirondacks with her daughter, and this ball of fire came across the road over the hood of her truck and off into the into the other thing. They were petrified. She said she was so scared that she could not pray. You know, all they, her daughter just let out a blood-curdling scream. Um, when they stopped, there was no damage to the truck. And so they thought, well, maybe it was, you know, their guardian angels or maybe it was the Holy Spirit praying for them when, when they couldn't pray. Um, a short time later on the radio, there was a, a radio talk show thing and the guy, this guy called in from the Midwest and said that he had experienced this situation of fire coming across the road but his car wasn't – didn't catch on fire and wasn't damaged. It's a phenomenon called ball lightning, which I didn't even know about, you know. Um, you learn all kinds of things when you read Lori's book. That's right. <laughs> but it just, you know, and she was saying, but she was saying that it, that is an example of how the Holy Spirit, when you can't pray and you're a person of faith, the Holy Spirit prays through you. And and I that was that was absolutely one of my favorites. Another one of my favorites was, and you'll appreciate this, was a guy from uh, Louisiana who wanted to start a Catholic radio station. And he, you know, they, they, they had had hurricane damage and there was a radio station for sale, but it was going to be over a million dollars to buy this radio station. And he couldn't justify it. So some ladies who had been praying for him said to him, do what Mother Teresa would do. Take a miraculous metal and go plant it in the ground at the radio station. Here we go, planting these sacramentals in the ground again. sacramentals in the ground. (laughs) He went and he planted the sacramental in the ground at the radio station. And the next day or a couple days later, he gets a – an email from the Catholic Communications uh, Committee in Washington saying there's a radio station for sale and here in in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, here it is. And he, he looked at it and he said no, – he wrote back to him and he said, no, this you're wrong. That's not where this is, where this radio station is because the radio station was going to be $350,000 with everything. He said, nope, I was there. I planted a medal in um, – you know that's not where the where the radio station is, and he sa- they said no, you're wrong. The place you planted the metal was where the radio station is, and he was astounded. They got the radio station for three hundred and fifty thousand. Wow. So, you know those kinds of odd things that happen. There, there's a lot of people in the book that actually felt as if God was speaking to them. Um, there are people in the book who pray for money. Amy Beatros at um, – Well, when we you were talking about the radio station, I was thinking of our mutual friend uh, Amy from St. Luke's, you know, who says – always says God's got all kinds of money. That's if right. If God wants it, the, she doesn't worry about that. That's right. And as long – Amy always says though, as long as you're doing God's will. As long as God wants it. Correct. That's right. Yes. As long as you're Precisely. doing God's will, you don't have to worry about a thing. And she has a great story about how St. Luke's – 
got saved. Um, she needed uh, $25,000, and she went and she prayed. Um, she felt as if God was asked, telling her that she had to forgive everyone in her whole life. And so she did that, and then a couple days later, she's checking the mail, and there is a check for the exact amount. And the letter was signed, um, you know, your friend in Christ or something like that. I mean, it was... It, it was an anonymous gift. It, so, so the the stories are really powerful. Uh, let me ask you the flip side of that question. Did you get any stories that you struggled with, either personally or maybe I'd like to use this, but I'm not sure how I'm going to use this in the book? Were there, I mean, were, there may be some where you said, I don't know if I can put that in there. Oh, there was only one. Somebody sent me a, a story that really wasn't a story. It was like a parable that they had written. I see. Um, you know, but that was the only, that was the only one. Every, everything else fell in to place. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, I, I, would, I would open these emails and, and there would be like, somebody would send me three or four stories. You know, and they would be stories that would fit into different parts of the book. There was one story of a guy um, who went to New York City with a friend to pick up a car. The friend was from New York City. They get on the they get on the subway. The friend gets off at the subway. This guy can't get off in time, and so he goes to the next station. He's completely lost. He doesn't know what to do. The only way he knows how to get back is to run along the track. So he start, he gets off the train and starts running along the track back to the original station where his friend had gotten off. As he gets nearer, everybody starts screaming at him, get up on the, get up on the platform, get up on the platform. So he climbed up on the platform. It was a miracle that he didn't get hit by a train. But the even bigger miracle is there's a third uh, bar that's electrified, yeah. and he never stepped on it the whole way. Yeah, he wouldn't have had any idea. But he prayed, you know, before he got off. Lord, you're going to have to, you're going to have to get me back to here because I don't know where I am. Wow. Yeah, I, you cover a lot of ground in the. But I mean, it, every story you've told us here, all different kinds of of prayer. Now, I'm sure that when some of the folks who sent you, you know, their their prayer story probably had some backstory or whatnot for you, right? You probably interacted with some of them a little bit, right? Because conversations happen. You know, you, you send back an email to thank them and, and whatever else. Anything you learned yourself in particular – through maybe some of these interactions with people when you heard their stories? I think what hit me more than anything else was how deep faith is, how deep people's faith is, and how how much these people really rely on God, you know, to, to guide them, to uh, help them, um, to sort of comfort them. You know, there were there were a lot of stories in there about people who I have a whole chapter on people who whose prayers were not answered in the way that they wanted them 
answered, you know, that they prayed for one thing and then, you know, later found out something else happened that was even better than yeah. – or they prayed for one thing. There was a, a very sad story of a, of a woman whose son was a, part of the opioid um, epidemic. Yeah. He was uh, clean for about 18 months and then overdosed um, on a heroin that was laced with fentanyl. And it was, you know, it was it was horrible. It was, but she said, in she felt as if that eighteen months was the, was the gift. You know, that was the answer to their prayer that he did not make it in the end. But that eighteen months gave them of when he was clean gave them to, the courage to be able to go on. That's what I mean. It was it, it's stories about everything. There's people who were divorced and struggling with divorce. There are people who were struggling with death. There's uh, people who uh, there was one guy. The last story in the book is a guy who had gone through a divorce, and he. It was horrible. You know, he he was just completely, you know, discombobulated. He didn't even know what he was going to do. So he decided that he was going to run. He was a runner. He was going to run across the United States from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean. And when he was running, he was going to pray for people. So he had this little website and people would send him uh, prayer requests. And he had one of those little uh, rosary rings. And he would pray decades of the rosary as he ran. And, you know, his story was was unbelievable, you know, because you could see in the progression of his thing across the country, he was a different person when he jumped yeah. into the Atlantic Ocean than when he was in – and he had been healed in that time period. And he also witnessed a lot of miracles of people who had been healed. In an interesting way, um, without really praying for himself right. during that time. Right. And, but, you know, it was interesting because he said that he got an email one time from a teenager who said to him, don't forget to start the day by praying for yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so it was, it was mean, something that he had to be reminded. Yeah. Of. You know, that it, you know, so uh, a very good reminder that God works through prayer even when it's not what we're necessarily praying for. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes, you know, like sometimes um, like there's a story in there, Sue Stout, who is also from Wellsville, um, she had been praying that for a house when she was younger that would be a, a big house that all of her family could come to and she could have – and she never got it. And then, you know, just you know, a few years ago, a friend said, "My mother is is my mother's house is going up for sale. Would you like to buy it?" And it was the house that she had envisioned, you know. And she was like, "No, I don't think so. You know, I'm too old. I can't. You know." And then she started asking people. People were saying, "Yes, this is this is your house," you know. <laughs> and afterwards, it wasn't until after she bought the house and she uses it for ministry um, that she realized that God had answered her prayer. But thirty years after, yeah, and not necessarily for what she thought she wanted it for. 
Yes. Four. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you one story that uh, um, who I'm sure came across in your in your you know storytelling here. Father Richard McAleer likes to tell about a gentleman who um, came begrudgingly to one of his healing services. His wife said, "Oh, you should go." He's having a problem with his shoulder, and so the wife comes up and gets prayed over, and he, Father McAleer, you know, he comes up and. He says, and what, what do you want to pray for? He goes, I don't even know why I'm here. I came with my wife. She said I should come. My shoulder hurts. I just want my <laughs> golf game to get better. Like, I just wanted to play golf. Uh-huh. Well, you know, uh, Dick McAleer is kind of a, okay, you know what I mean? He doesn't really have an agenda. Yeah. Okay, prays over him like he would pray over anybody, thinks nothing of it. Six months later, he runs into him somewhere, but longer than that maybe. It doesn't really matter. And uh, the fellow tells him, Father, I just want to tell you, I don't know what happened when you prayed over me, but after you prayed over me, I mean, just everything changed in my life. I, you know, I started going back to church. I, you know, I started getting involved with things and working with, you know, this group or that group and Mm -hmm. the prayer group and this kind of stuff. And I just wanted to say thank you. Oh, wow, that's terrific. And then the light bulb goes on and (laughs) Father McAleer asked him, what about your golf game? Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> there you go. There you go. The power of prayer. Uh, Lori, if if somebody is not interested in reading your book now, <laughs> I don't know what else I could do for you today. Um, hopefully they will pick it up. Thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. Oh, Greg, it's always great to be here with you. Uh, Lori DeQuinn's book, God Listens, Personal Stories of Answered Prayers. Uh, look for it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Her publisher is our Sunday visitor. OSV.com is the website for that. And uh, as always, you know, you, you can uh, check out the show notes and we'll put some links in there for you as well. Just go to buffalodiocese.org under the news tab or wnycatholic.org on the radio page. We'll be back with you next week. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. Call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org. 